Everybody is murderous in their intentions towards everybody else. They can't hold them back! Submit yourself to one all-powerful absolute sovereign. Thomas Hobbes, the great 17th century natural philosopher, called this... Leviathan! Like shapeshifters, only a lot more into evil folk. And nothing can kill them. Hey, so maybe I'm not real. Hello, the internet, and welcome to the Lands of Leviathan podcast, where we discuss political science and popular culture, as always, hosted by Peter Sleeman and Brock Roderman. This episode is our promised episode on uh, the religious type of zombie. We said we're going to be doing this for a while, and we're going to be discussing religious zombies in the context of theocracies and what effect religion and the knowledge that God exists has on politics. Um, so this is going to be an interesting discussion because Brock is a Catholic and I'm an atheist. So we'll have quite a few, quite a bit backwards and forwards. Um, and this is really Brock's kind of area of expertise. Brock, can you explain to us what a theocracy is? Well, I must first do uh, the service to the audience and remind them that it was from our first episode of this podcast where we discussed the different types of zombies and what effect they would what a, a zombie apocalypse would have the effect that the zombie apocalypse would have on the state, and we never actually got around to discussing the religious type of zombie and what that would mean for our you know for our world. So I just want to go back and reiterate that um, the, you know you got all these medical types of zombies. I would almost call them like your atheist zombies. The way that science fiction <laughs> comes zombies. up would ge- generate. It is it's an atheist zombie because it's the way science fiction generates the idea of a zombie without having, uh, without conceding an acknowledgement of spiritual forces. Or the so you have your medical yeah. zombies, your your virus zombies, you have um, uh, radiation zombies. You got all all different ways in which people can become zombies without invoking spiritual powers or spiritual beings or spiritual forces. Yeah. Um, whereas, remember in. The zombie film, I think it was the, the Night of the, of the Living Dead. Oh, no, Night of the Living Dead, yeah. No, it was, yes, Night of the Living Dead, where Peter, uh, the one character, Peter says, no, zombies come from the Haitian voodoo tradition where um, evil evil spirits animate a, a corpse. They yeah. come into the world um, because, you know, normally evil spirits aren't visible. They, uh, it's very difficult to tell whether they're there or not. And so to have a more horrifying or to add a more horrifying feature to them, they take on a physical body. And yeah. since we living bodies have agents in them or have souls like we do, they, the only body or soul that, they, that is easy for them to inhabit is, is a dead body. So they animate corpse and we call them zombies, spiritual zombies. They are almost like our, you know, the pastors of the netherworld. Yeah, <laughs> no, or, or the other one, which is uh, in, I think, Dawn of the Dead, where uh, the, the whole premise is that hell has overflowed because there's too many bad people yes. and the souls are starting to come back up and inhabit their old bodies and become zombies. Yes, yes, exactly. So, so, so either way, the, if, if we had a zombie apocalypse and realized that the cause of the zombie apocalypse was the fact that these souls these, or these evil spirits were inhabiting corpses, then we'd have to acknowledge the existence of uh, spiritual forces, spiritual beings, um, and a spiritual world, a world that we can't see or that we have very limited experience of. Yeah. And so... We'd like to posit the idea that should the state crumble and break down, given its ineptitude to, to ward off a zombie apocalypse, and the, the small amount of remaining survivors were able to reconstruct the state in order to deal with this imminent threat of the zombies, 
what would it be like if they if these survivors had to create a theocracy a type of state that was ruled with a very with with strict awareness of the spiritual world and the spiritual beings and particularly um to stick closer to um, uh, the textbook definition of a theocracy that the state recognizes the existence of god of a god um i'm not going to we don't need to complicate it and say that it's a monotheistic god but as long as this uh, unspecified theocracy believes in a deity of some sort yeah then what then what are the characteristics what would the characteristics be of this state yeah and immediately we have to understand that any state is a is a is a supreme is a sovereign uh, within its boundaries so there's no power higher than it which almost requires it to be secular because if you believe in a god you know that while the state can exist there your god typically would be of high, higher power but that would be as of a more heavenly or more spiritual power um so for the state or for the theocratic states to exist you would have to say that the god that you believe in would be the state would be mm. the sovereign power yeah so while you still believe that the state is of this world it is a worldly creation it is not necess- it is not untied from it is not separate from god and what this means practically is that the laws that are made and the manner in which that society and that state is governed is the manner in which God would have the world governed either on earth or in mm. heaven. Yeah. So the, the laws of that God would be the laws of the state. The acts of worship of that God would have to be conducted publicly. The spiritual beliefs of the people who lived in that religious order would have to be publicly announced, would have to be publicly formed in the statutes of that state. Yeah. So it's it's it, it essentially essentially if I had to create a word, it's like statifying your religion. It's making yeah. a country out of your faith. And Im- importantly, I think for this is exactly what you've said. It it has large legal ramifications because the state, in its executive authority, creates laws for its people. Now, in a th- secular state, those laws are open to interpretation and change. In a theocracy, and we have many theocracies on the world today. So Iran is a theocracy. No, we don't. We got one. We, uh, the Vatican is a theocracy, um, and Saudi Arabia, to a certain extent, is a theocracy. Um, but yeah, okay, we don't have that. Okay, many. well, if you consider three many, then you go. Right well, ahead. it's more than I would like. Okay, so just okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens in that situation is that because God is the sovereign, as as Brock said, um, what usually happens is that the leader of that state has to take up almost like a prime minister position under God. He becomes or she becomes the representative of God on earth. So in the Vatican, obviously, that's the Pope. The Pope represents God on earth and takes on God's rules and and, uh, formulates those for earth. And in in Iran, obviously, it's Ayatollah Khamenei, who is the voice of God on on earth. And he says what what God will be. But the problem with this is that in the real world, we never know for sure that God exists. We never know for sure that the spiritual world exists at all. But in the world that we're positing, we suddenly do. So that has a markedly different effect on on, on what's going to happen. Yeah, it's not just and not just a markedly different effect on the way that we institute laws, but also in the way that we set up the the system of governance, particularly when it comes to personnel. So those representatives are typically in a theocracy. Are they're not they're not voted in democratically in the sense that the masses of the people over which they should will govern vote them in. Um, if there is a voting process, which sometimes there isn't, but if there is, it's normally a small conclave of uh, a clergy, of elder, 
or of, of wise guys or you know smart people or, or elder people or or just religious folk um, who would amongst themselves conduct a vote for the leader of the entire state, right? Mm-hmm. And so if this would happen, it's the it changes the criteria of your leader. So it's no longer uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be the most influential or the best educated or the most the one with the highest credibility or track record. The, the, none of that. It would normally be the person who has um, who, who's considered to be the holiest among people, the or most the one pious. closest to God, or the one most representative of God, the one who yes, the most pious person. Mm. That so, is the one that is trusted to not just be the person of a person of God, but to be the ruler of the state. Mm, mm. So in the in the zombie world, I, I I can't. I think it does happen. If you get bitten by the religious type of zombie, you also turn into a zombie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but not because you got bitten, but because um. So if okay. if, if a zombie bit me and I survived the bite, so it didn't hit an, an artery or it was just a flesh wound and I ran away, I wouldn't turn. Ah. It's only if the biting causes me to die. Then I, see. then I become a corpse. But every single person that dies in this world now turns into a zombie. Yes. No matter how they die. Yes. Yeah. So actually you see that in the sequel to uh, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, which was a f- stupid name for a sequel, because that guy hangs himself and then turns into a zombie. Yes. Right in the beginning. Okay. Yes. So now in this world, uh, we've had the zombie apocalypse and the state's collapsed. Because, I mean, this is right. much... This this zombie apocalypse is actually much worse than uh, you know the uh, like the Walking Dead apocalypse because you don't just have people getting sick and then dying. You've got people rising from the ground. But anybody who's been in the ground for a relatively short amount of time and still has like muscles attached to their bones, they become zombies and they rise up. Yes, exactly. It is, it is far more threatening because it, not only is there a, a, a far more danger in the dead. But also, there's also it, it necessitates a, a higher protection, a higher value on human life. Yeah. So I think you would see you would see less human on human violence. Yeah. Because you know that the more people that you kill, even if it's for their ammunition or their resources, their food or whatever, you know that they're going to become your enemy in the form of a dead of a zombie. Yeah. And but to kill so them, it's still headshot. There'd be a high what? And to kill them, it's still headshot. Yeah. It's like the standard zombie rules. <laughs> uh, the, no, no, no. As long as they got muscles. You can, no, you if can you shoot, this. if you, you in day of, the, day of the Dead and, and Night of the Living Dead, you shoot a zombie in the fa- in the head and you destroy its brain. It can't, it dies. Okay, fine, but that's one particular movie, that's one particular film franchise that wants to monitor it that way. But I'm I'm going to go with your more extreme description that you used earlier. As long as you've got muscles attached to your bones, you can walk around. So you look like like Resident Evil, just like headless zombies running around. <laughs> yeah. So and even and. Almost like, do you remember in the first episode of The Walking Dead where you had that half a corpse dragging itself across the lawn? Yeah. Trying to catch up to Rick? I would imagine that her legs were running around somewhere if it was a religious zombie. Ah, okay, cool. So that's why, I, 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 if you guys remember in the in the original episode, I uh, expressed some doubt as to the viability of a zombie apocalypse because I didn't think that there would just, you know, the, the critical mass of zombies wouldn't be high enough to destroy the state in the beginning. But this zombie apocalypse is so much more hardcore because you have zombies rising up from fucking everywhere simultaneously all around the world. Um, not to mention yes, everybody and it's who's not dying just naturally. The th- it's not just the threat of the, of the zombie because like, I agree with you, it is a lot higher. There's also the incapacity of the humans to survive that, not just physically. I think if, if we're facing those um, quotation mark atheist zombies that I mentioned earlier, <laughs> 
we trust ourselves a little better with the, with with knowledge that we have, especially if it's research, medicine, or or radiology, or wherever these zombies come from. We think we can solve it by means of you know conducting experiments and finding a cure. Mm. And so we kind of back ourselves a bit more. Our faith in humanity to survive this increases, and so we're more likely to 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 bond together in certain situations. Um, whereas if it's we find out it's a religious cause, a religious type of zombie, it, people will shit themselves a lot more. It's a lot more scary. Mm. So your confidence in in our our confidence in our ability to survive that decreases, and so we're less likely to give it our all in fighting back. You know that imminent threat that almost unsurvivable threat we probably just end up I wouldn't be surprised if some people just gave up yeah I, I agree with you because this is not just a disease this is a punishment upon us this is a this is a godly vengeance almost you know like Old Testament wrath type of style thing so I can imagine no. that you have a supernatural problem that it's very easy to come to the conclusion that we have done something wrong and are being punished and in that, in this case, that may well be true, that you you are being punished. No, I don't know. On... I don't know how you get there. I don't know how you see this as God's punishment. Because well, no, I'm not saying that it is God's punishment. I'm saying that many people in the society would see it that way, that they will say this uh, is a punishment. Well, I'd like for to believe sins. that all the stupid people would die in the apocalypse. <laughs> That's what you hope. <laughs> but <laughs> okay, so then I'd like to ask you a question, because do you not think that conflict would increase? There would be a lot more sectarian violence in this world because people would be arguing about which religious aspect is being represented here. You know, like, is this the um, is, is this a Hindu problem? Is this a Judaic problem? Is this a Christian problem? You know, like, how which theocracy should we set up? How do we fight this in a religious way? Which religion do we use? So do you not think that there would be a few holy wars going on as well? It's a very good question. I think there would be. Because... When we started this discussion, I um, was thinking of one state. I was thinking of the survivors all banding together to create one theocracy. But you know, any representative example of of survivors would increase multiple religious factions, and there could certainly be sectarian violence. Well, bear in mind, having said that, that you know there is quite a strong overlap of pacifism and uh, and tolerance between religions. Um, that's not to say that it would be easy in setting up one type of theocracy, but I don't think it. It, I don't think sectarian violence would immediately break out and that it would, would be widespread. But... Um, you know, you'd probably get if uh, I think you, you'd still get, you know, with, with heightened tension and with, you know, strict survival rules, there, there'd probably be, be some fights breaking out. Um, yeah, would ha- there would probably, that'd be, probably be a, a huge problem. Because what if we had the establishment of multiple theocratic states across the world? You know, so like America... Um, managed to reestablish a state along theocratic lines, along Protestant Christianity. And at the same time, um, you know, the Catholic Church managed to keep its foothold in the Vatican. And then in the Middle East, you had an Islamic theocracy managing to survive. Would those states not enter into some kind of religious conflict with each other while they're still trying to take care of the zombie apocalypse? Which, because it's a religious thing, is still fucking going on. There's still corpses rising from the ground. No, I think no. I don't. Come on, you can't be that. Sad. I don't think that the states would be fighting each other. I think the zombies would be a far greater threat. Yeah, yeah. I like. I think I, it's if, a, if, if, if I think you answered your own question when you when you when you assumed that those three theocracies had already been set up. Yeah. If those bastions of religious faith had had remained intact, there would be less to fight about. But if there was one uh, ungoverned body of humans who, who still had to create those theocracies and then there might be a, 
uh, a lot a lot more fighting. Okay, um, so what do you think the structure it's, it's, of our theocracy looks like? Well, you probably have the person who is deemed to be closest to God, the person who's deemed to analyze and, and understand uh, and solve the problem best would be elected or you know would stand for leadership mm. in the in their respective uh, theocracy mm. or theocratic state and they would be supported by uh, a body of pra- of pragmatists mm. within and- their faith so i don't think i don't think if i was a muslim pragmatist that i um would be accepted into say the, you know the catholic theocracy so you, you would have to be um a, a judaic pragmatist to be accepted into the theocratic state as a you know as an, as an official. Uh, so that's interesting. But, um, so a lot of people would be excluded from power in this in this situation. From power, yes, I do think so. And do you think that they would? I mean, they, they would obviously be forced conversions as well. I mean, you know, you're gonna. No, why would they be forced conversions? Well, I feel like okay. So you're a the head of an Islamic theocracy during the zombie apocalypse. You have a whole bunch of Christians in your group. But you now are of the strong belief that the only way to maintain stability is through Islamic religion, which may be the case for, for this scenario. Wouldn't you do everything you can to attempt to convert um, any people who weren't Muslim? Yes, conversion, I, I agree, but I don't see it being forced because we know that if someone were to um, voluntarily deny entrance into, into another's theocracy based on their faith, um, it would be meaningless, pointless and redundant to kill that person who didn't want to convert because you'd just be creating another zombie. Like, mm. It's wisest to give them their best shot at creating their own. Mm. I really you like, would want as many humans alive as possible. I really like what you keep coming back to. It's like, because in my mind, theocracies are, are always, you know, very extreme. But it's almost like the extremism of this, the theocracies that exist in the zombie world is tempered by the fact that there are these religious zombies. So you have to keep people safe because A... You need the most amount of people as possible, and B, everybody you kill becomes a zombie. So your extremism almost is tempered by the very fact that religion is true. Yeah, but it is also uh, tentative given the fact that we don't know why these spiritual zombies exist. So it still uh, allows the possible validity of multiple different religions, Mm. which means that multiple different types of theocracies could be and would be set up. And that could create conflict. But, and, I, you know, and that brings it's difficult me, to say to what extent that conflict would be violent. Yeah. And then I think, you know, in my mind, the structure of these theocracies, you know, obviously you would have to have a military core to fight the zombies. So, like, in my mind, I'm kind of seeing them as the janissaries of the, you know, the old Ottoman Empire. These, like, very, yes. very uh, extreme, sophisticated soldiers, but also very zealous in their task. You would have a whole bunch of clergy at the same time also trying to research why this is happening in the world. But I think important, and this is important for theocracies no matter where, and again, Iran is is the perfect example of this, is that when you have a theocracy, you usually have a cult of personality, which is a political science term that the leader of any theocracy becomes a very important person in the minds of the people who live within that theocracy. They become something greater than human. And we call it a cult of personality because they themselves become something almost holy. Um, and, you know, we, Ayatollah Khomeini is an incredibly revered person in um, in Iran. And, and obviously you've seen this in, in cults all around the world where you have cults that are only based around a cult of personality. So like Jim Jones and uh, Charles Manson and a whole bunch of cults that, you know, ended up badly. But importantly, what happens in this situation is that 
the person becomes the most important thing. So I would imagine uh, the Ayatollah Khomeini or, you know, the leader of, of this theocracy having, as you say, complete control over these two separate institutes, one the military body and the other one the research clergy body to find out why the zombies are rising. And then I suppose you would also have your bureaucracy of running the state at the same time. Um, no, I don't think... I think uh, th- this is a smaller point uh, in response to yours. Um, the... Given the severity of the destruction and the slim chance of survival, you would have a small group of survivors. And with such limited members of your theocracy, I don't think you'd be able to ha- to support such a strong division of labor where you could have different people performing different tasks. There would have to be overlap at some point. I don't think everybody would be doing everything, but I do think that pretty much everyone would have to be able to look after the base and, and, and fight. Um, but yet some of the bureaucrats would also be soldiers. Some of the leaders would also be researchers. Some of the researchers would also be food um, provisors. You know, so you'd have, I don't think you would just have, um, say, a clergyman researching. If they're able to look after their canteen or do washing or or even be a leader at the same time, they would be expected to do that. Mm. So, I mean, like, the theocracy is an interesting idea, and I think we've, we've covered it quite well. But given that we've got a little bit of time, I'd like to ask you, how do you think, I mean, I don't, it's, I mean, it's such a, a difficult question, but let's say that the, these are Christian zombies. So like this is the, the Christian mythology is correct, um, that we live in a world where the Christian God is real. How would you stop the zombie apocalypse? I mean, that would be the end goal of the theocracy would be to try and stop this from happening. You know, what would you do? Just try and be as Christian as possible in order to hope, hopefully stop the the zombies from coming? I'm going to add a, a, a footnote onto your question and just say I'm going, I'm going to assume that these are souls that can no longer fit into hell because hell is full and they yeah. are occupying corpses here on earth. Um, and my response to that would be, you, you, first of all, you can't, you can't avoid... Now, your future is forever changed. Right? You never, things are never going to be the same again. We can't go back to hoping for the best. Um, you've got to make, start making practical decisions to get your life on track and to make sure that the survival of the humans can, can be ensured, but also that your soul has a solid chance of getting to heaven, right? Mm. Because that's a strong part of the, of the Christian faith is, um, is being with God in heaven. And to get there, you know, you still need to lead a good moral Christian life. Um, but you would have to deal with the practical difficulties of living in the, in this zombie world. Mm. So there would have to be very practical responses, first and foremost, as to how to deal with the threat. And for that, I can only say, let your imagination go wild, since these are no longer people, um, because they are condemned beings, and the body is actually not alive, the body is dead, then you have fun and take care of the problem <laughs> as, as creatively as you want. I would say just, you know, create as big a fire as possible and burn the whole, burn the whole lot of them if you're able to capture them. But you would still have to stick to your moral, you'd still have to stick to your faith and stick to your moral principles and still give it, you know, um, live as closely to your faith as possible in order to get into heaven. Okay, hold on. I just had another cool thought. And um, we're, we're phrasing this according to Christian mythology, guys, but uh, feel free to copy-paste any of your own religions into this. What would happen if you baptized a zombie? Because, stick with me, <laughs> stick with me, Christianity is essentially about the saving of the soul, that every soul can be redeemed regardless of what they've done. So 
These guys have gone to hell for obviously specific reasons. Hell is over overfull because the devil didn't do any good planning, so there's not enough space. Um, and uh, you know, so he they've come back up. But theoretically, according to Christian theology, they could be still saved. Would you be able to baptize them and save their souls, or you know, at least kind of get them get them good good and going again? And I, I'm asking you no, this. You're a expert. No, no, I enjoy I enjoy the creativity of the question, but unfortunately, no. If a soul's gone to hell, that's it. Uh, it doesn't get another. It doesn't get another shot. So you can't be rebaptized. They would never be eligible for being rebaptized. Maybe one of your maybe one of your cult followings or some really fundamental Christians would would change that. Uh, that dogma and start trying to do this, but it wouldn't be possible. And secondly, because baptism allows your time on earth, gives you the t- your time on earth a chance to get into heaven. So it, it, in other words, you have to be alive. You have to be inhabiting a living body. Right? Yeah. If you are a zombie, your time on earth is infinite. There is, it's not a, it's not an opportunity to, to, you know, to try again and get into heaven. If you if the soul is occupied a corpse, you, you, you're already gone. You're already in hell. It's just that your hell is unfortunately here on earth with us. So no, there is no chance at another baptism. There's no chance at getting a you know a getting like, shot. So for me, this world sounds so much more depressing than the other zombie apocalypse because like I'm putting myself into the position of a citizen of this world, and I know for a fact that God is real. I know that that you know the, the supernatural is real. I know all of this. So these are facts of my life. I no longer have to have faith anymore. I know that these things are real. On top of that, there's nothing I can do to stop the bad things that are happening in my world. In fact, it almost takes us back to a medieval theocracy because basically my life on earth is shit. I just have to do the best I can to get into heaven. That's my life. Yes. Well, it's not very different from the way we are now. I mean, half the idiots I walk around in public life, (laughs) I consider media zombies anyway. (laughs) <laughs> it's just that they're not life-threatening okay guys just don't listen to Brock we still need you on our Twitter and Facebook please stay on that don't leave we need you on social media <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I think right. that, that, that was interesting thanks Peter cool um, thanks guys uh, catch you next time thanks for listening guys we hope you enjoyed that we'll upload the episode onto our website lanzaleviathan.com you can find it all there along with all our other SoundCloud tracks And if you'd like any updates on the website, please don't be shy to subscribe to our RSS feed that is also there. We also look forward to hearing your comments and feedback. Send us an email at landsandleviathan at gmail.com. It's L-A-N-D-S-O-F-L-E-V-I-A-T-H-A. And you can also find us on Facebook as well as Twitter um, under the Lands of Leviathan podcast. And you can also listen to our tracks directly on your Android or iPhone. Um, via the SoundCloud or iTunes app. Hope you enjoyed it, guys. Thanks so much.